back from the Christmas break, and we are going to break down for you how to gamble on the dangerous Week 17 in the NFL. And in college football, I actually like nine bowl games, and we disagree on both of the playoff games. Let's go! Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined by Andrew Lynch. Hope everybody out there had a great Christmas and we're getting ready for week 17. First, Lynch, how was your holiday break? No, we didn't do a podcast Monday. Did you miss me and producer Conrad and the droves of listeners? Missed everyone. My my holiday was 95% outstanding. The 5% that wasn't outstanding. Listen, I'm 33 years old. I went and played some basketball last week and I decided to play like a 23-year-old. Um, injured my knee pretty badly to the point that my knee is bleeding this morning, <laughs> which is not something I thought could happen outside of actually having a wound. But I tell this story not because it's gross, even though it is. It's all about knowing your limits, and especially in week 17. Listen, I love getting action in. I love betting on the NFL. It's probably one of my top four favorite things in the world. But know in week 17, dear listener, these lines are all over the place. We don't have a good sense in some games of who's playing, who's resting with some of these top teams that don't have a lot to play for. There is going to be a ton of volatility this week. What we're going to do is we're going to try to find the best value for you. But if I'm being honest, and if you are a very cautious better, if you are only concerned with the value, this is probably a lay-low week for you. Yeah, we're going to buzz through about five or six games, maybe seven, then get to the bowls. Uh, Lynch... Listen, we, we one of the big things we talk about in gambling is to take the emotion out of it. Don't get rattled. Just say, hey, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I told the guys I want to go about 90 seconds here. So... In weeks, wait. Are you about to are you about to put the emotion into this? Probably yes. I, I probably am. So in weeks fourteen and fifteen, I went five and zero in the super contest. I was in the money, feeling good. Hit the Ravens to start week sixteen that Saturday night. Looking at the standings, I was up to like sixty fifth. My wife can see I'm happy. She's like, "So are you gonna win money in this thing?" I'm like, "Ah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens." <laughs> see, hold. You got to you got to temper expectations yes, in yes, that yes. moment. And, and I promise we'll get to week seventeen shortly. So then Browns Bengals happens, and the Browns are up twenty six to three. And I look at the Eagles, and they extend to twenty nine sixteen. Both with about eight to ten minutes left in the fourth. I'm straight up excited. I'm like, "Oh my gosh." 3-0. and oh. oh, I can taste it. And I started looking at the standings. You could do real-time standings. And I was like in the 20 to 30 range. I was excited. That's like actual money. That's like very exciting money. And then what happened? And then, you know, uh, stuff just went down, Lynch. So I'll break them down quickly. So the Browns are up 26-3. Totally dominating. Eight minutes left. Bengals go no huddle. Go down the field. Get a touchdown. But there's only like five minutes left. I'm like, all right, hey, you know what? Browns, couple first downs, Nick Chubb, couple key passes by Baker. Get out of here with the victory and the cover. Three and out. Punt blocked. And they're not showing this game. And I see the update tracker for the game I was watching. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no way. Maybe they keep him out of the end zone. You hold him to a field goal. Of course, Bengals touchdown. And then the two-point conversion. So in like a three-minute span, it went from 26-3 to 26-18. I had eight and a half. And you... Very wisely said, you like the Browns, but not at eight and a half. But Super Contest lines are frozen. 
Browns get the ball back, no incentive to score. I'm like, it's over. Of course, Baker to Njoku. He breaks tackles. Oh my gosh, he's streaking toward the end zone. Lynch, I'm literally, oh my gosh, please, please, please. You know, like I'm a jockey riding a horse. You literally have, I know our fans can't see this right now. You took your hat off and you are whipping your leg with it right now. I mean, I'm freaking out. My kids are looking at me. Dad, is everything all right? And he gets tackled at the three. And that's when Baker stared down Hugh Jackson, which has become a huge storyline now this week. And I'm like, oh, he's going to rub it in his face and he's going to get in the end zone. And he takes three knees, and I walk out with a half-point loss. So I'm like, oh, what a setback. Let me check out the Eagles game. 29-16 Eagles. You know, eight minutes left. Houston turns it over on downs in Philly territory. All right, up by 13. Seven minutes left. I got this. Last three possessions, Eagles had two TDs and a field goal. Eagles fumble the football. Okay, fine, fine. Maybe they get a stop. Five plays later, Texans touchdown. Oh, boy. I'm officially effed. Houston gets the ball back. Touchdown, Deshaun Watson. And I knew at that point, okay, Eagles are going to win 32-30. Everybody's going to be excited, but I've got two and a half. And folks, at that point, I just realized, like, listen, you get lucky and sometimes you don't. And I had had some luck. Remember, Stafford threw a pick in the end zone at the end against the Bears, against the Rams. Kind of lucky. These were unlucky. When you're up by double digits with eight minutes left and you don't cover. And finally, because I needed another kick in the teeth, 49ers Bears. Did you watch any of that, Lynch? I did. I'm all in on these Bears, as we'll talk about shortly. I love the Bears. 49ers in the first half. Conrad, are you ready for this? They lost Breida, their running back to injury. Pettis to a knee injury. Selleck, who scored the week before to a concussion. Jeez, I got no shot. But they fought. Nick Mullins, by the way, your football outsiders love Nick Mullins. And I liked him a lot. Real quick. Until late in the fourth quarter. Real quick. This blew my mind this weekend. We there, I, And I forget who tweeted it out. I apologize. Um, quick Twitter search. We'll find it for you. Nick Mullins, in all of his dropbacks this season, yeah. has taken off that. once. Oh, gosh. Once. You're stealing my thunder. Okay. So, uh, first, first Nick Mullins, and this was not on him. Okay. They're in the red zone. Seven minutes left. Pass Goodwin off his hands. Go look this up on YouTube if you want to laugh at me. Because I did it just to dig the knife right into my side. Off his hands, Goodwin's hands, right into the lap of Trevathan. I'm like, oh, jeez. In the red zone. They could have kicked a field goal, been down two, set up for the win later. Whatever. And I know I've gone longer than 90. I'm sorry. So anyways, they get the ball back improbably. Right? Bears have a third and one or something. And they, or maybe it was a fourth. Uh, no, third and three. They throw it to Robinson. He breaks free. All he has to do is take a knee. Game over. Some guy punches it out from behind. Yes, here they come. The gambling gods upstairs are going to save me. Mullins drives them into bear territory. And of course, as you just said, he has scrambled once all season. He had the first. The announcer said it. And he elects to throw a bomb that goes out of bounds. And I'm like, okay, well, that was it. I had a good run. Seahawks did cover for me at night. But at any rate, I'm now a half point out of the money. I need a 5-0 this week. But well, let's do it. That's going to be tough. Let's, all right, let's get, put week 16 in the rearview mirror. Sorry about that, Conrad. Are you angry? Did you feel that? I did just you love that you were, like, you were looking around this studio right yeah. now, just looking for someone I'm to rant a, at. Just like, clue. who and has I'm, ears? Who can I yell at? I'm going to have to take off my new, uh, I got a new like pullover for Christmas. I'm just sweating now because I'm all worked up. And right, you're wearing uh, an Eagles <laughs> shirt yes. underneath it. Nick Foles, baby. Uh, I got to support my guys at Crossing Broad uh, blog. All right. So no put up or shut up this week, right? Uh, we did, you know, it's Christmas. Nobody's gambling. Maybe they're gambling on Christmas. But let's move on. Week 17. Uh, good bet, bad bet. Lynch, 
We're going to start with Bears-Vikings. I've just ranted for several minutes, so I will let you go. Vikings are currently favored by four. I believe, if I'm correct, these two teams will meet again in round one if the Vikings win this game. They're favored by four. They're at home. Matt Nagy of the Bears, I believe he said they're going to play their guys. No Eddie Jackson, the great safety. Yeah, the Bears have something to play for here. And while we're here, I want to note a trend really quickly. There's a difference between having something to play for and a must-win situation, right? The Eagles are in a must-win situation. The only way they make the playoffs is if they win this game. The Bears are in a it'd-be-nice-to-win situation because if they win and the Rams lose, the Bears claim the number two seed in the NFC. I bring this up. While it's not relevant to this game, it is very relevant this week. According to our friends at the Action Network, teams that must win in Week 16 and now Week 17 actually have been profitable to bet against Mm. when you're betting against the spread. So something to keep in mind, I know we're going to talk about Philadelphia-Washington here in a minute, and I can't stop being distracted by your Eagles shirt. Um, But it it is interesting. Chicago has a lot to play for, and I will go ahead and tip tip my hand a little bit here. I'm taking the Bears on the money line at plus 190. I was actually looking at Vikings in the contest. So it was four, then it went up to five. Now back down to four. Five's a dead number, so I don't read too much into it. I just, the the one problem with the Bears here is they don't have any, no offense, they don't have any stars to sit. You know, like the Rams, you got to sit Gurley. Fair. You said Jordan Howard, whatever. They got other guys. Like, no wide receiver that's a star. Obviously, you don't want an offensive line injury having to play the Vikings again. I just look from a a standpoint of I don't want to show my hand when I'm going to have to play them for the third time this season. And the, the I believe the first meeting was in Chicago, a night game. We know how Kirk Cousins performs in night games. But it's not like Trubisky set the world on fire. This is a good Vikings defense. I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings here. I, I, I like the four. I don't love it. You would not advocate the four. What if it drops down to three, Lynch? I would... If it drops down to three, I think this is a good bet for you. At four, which I believe it's probably locked in at four on the Super Contest. Yes. Ugh, I, you know, Again, we talk about four being a secondary key number. I can't call that a good bet. It's probably a marginal bet. I don't think it's a bad bet necessarily. This Vikings team is really good. I just I think it's this is a Bears win. A quick note, Bears on the road. Okay, Their last two games on the road. At San Fran, they were favored by four, one by five. At the New York Giants with Chase Daniel, lost, did not cover. At Detroit, got a little lucky at the end there on Thanksgiving. At Buffalo, covered easily. This is by far the best opponent they will face on the road since uh, Green Bay in the opener. We know Green Bay stinks. So I'm, I'm 99% on the Vikings in the Super Contest. All right, next up, games in Week 17 that we are looking at gambling on. Eagles at Redskins. Interesting scenario. Eagles obviously need to win and the Vikings to lose to get in the playoffs. Nick Foles. My man. Mr. $20 million if he stays in the uh, Philadelphia next year. I Is he going to be? Is Nick Foles. Ooh, this just hit me. Is Nick Foles auditioning for a potential landing spot with the Redskins given the fact that Alex Smith has that bad injury, may not come back. I don't think Washington's going to, you know, they're not going to be high, drafting high enough to get somebody great. Nick Foles could hit the market, intimate knowledge of the NFC East. I don't think the Eagles are going to lay off here at all. They're going to be going gung-ho. But I actually lean Redskins here, getting seven. Going back to what you said, teams win and in needing it are profitable to bet against. Josh 
Johnson and the Redskins at home? Would any interest there? I think it's a solid bet. Ooh. Again, I, uh, I've i lost a little bit of money betting on Washington since the Alex Smith injury, but this is mostly about the number to me. I, I think the Eagles win here, but it's probably by three or four points. I will say this, as we record right now, it's coming down to six and a half in a lot of shops, and that's... That's a different... It's a Redskins money. It, so far. Um, I believe, according to the Action Network, it's something like 75% of the tickets are on Philadelphia, but closer to two-thirds of the money is on Washington. Classic reverse Pros line Pros versus Joes. I think that's what it's setting up to be. Now, listen, the Redskins are by no way, shape, or form a good team, right? Nope. Uh, we saw them against... They couldn't close against Blaine Gabbert. To the Redskins backing here... They have shown some fight the last two weeks. They went into Jacksonville totally outmanned, beat the Jags. I mean, I know it was only Cody Kessler, but they showed fight against the Titans in Tennessee. It's going to be tough to make a case for Josh Johnson when he's thrown for 151 and then 153 the last two weeks. But you're not really making a case for Johnson, right? You're making a case that even though Philadelphia has played better with Nick Foles, they will probably struggle to move the football. And Washington, while not elite, is above average defensively and actually has a top 10 special teams unit. We haven't talked about special teams much this season, but it's still, like I say often, it's a, it's a seventh of the game. You get about three-sevenths of your result from offense, three-sevenths from defense, and about a seventh from special teams. So in a game where you are counting on the line more than the teams, you know, the special teams might matter there for you. And, Lynch, we, we talk about it sometimes. The professionals bet numbers. numbers. They don't beat teams. And if you get seven, I think you got to take it. Especially at home. Yeah. All right, next up. In good bet or bad bet, week 17, Browns at Ravens. Yes! Uh, Baker. 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 I think we know where Lynch is going. Baker. Go ahead, make the case for Baker Mayfield going against the best defense. I'm sorry, I don't have to make the case for Baker Mayfield. Have you watched him play football recently? Hugh mm-hmm. Jackson certainly has. I have. So, so I'm going to stare you in. down for the next 90 seconds uh, wait, while you I, I gotta, uh, make I a pick. Pull, I pull then the I'm going to deny DVO, it for three days. i got to pull the DVOA numbers on the Browns. Now, they are surging, right? Cleveland now 13th in DVOA, way to DVOA. Uh, listen, this team looks great. I do want to add, they faced one top 10 defense. Well, I guess the Broncos were top 10, or they were they out of it by the time they faced? Yeah, I mean, depending on how, the Broncos are definitely a top 10 defense, and Houston, over the course of the season, has been a top 10 defense, just not over the past six weeks. Right. Baltimore currently number two in defense. They just shut down Philly Rivers. Did you call Keenan him Philly Allen. Rivers? I did, I did. Keenan Allen I don't know how I feel about and that. Melvin Gordon. Lynch, when we saw Baker on the road against Houston, I do believe two or three picks in the first half. They were down 23-0 to at halftime. I don't know that Baltimore is capable of an offensive outburst like that, but defensively, this is going to be a tall order for Mayfield. I'm going Ravens here, not to mention a little bit of a revenge spot for the Ravens, who lost in Cleveland. I had the Ravens in that one, and I think I'm going to ride them again here. Ravens, by the way, I know Justin Tucker missed a couple bombs last meeting with Cleveland. Currently, special teams, you like this, Baltimore's sixth. Any guesses where the Browns are? 29. Close, 32. Dead last, Lynch! Should have seen so, that one coming. Uh, yeah. And here's, so here's the Clear twist. Setup, yeah. Here's the twist. Great bet. I, I am the conductor of the Baker Mayfield train, and I know you're going to make me happy a little bit later in this show uh, when we circle back to the Browns, but I think this is the value here, is on Baltimore, especially at home. 
So this is going to blow some minds before we get to the next game. Again, Lynch gets all the credit here for putting me on Football Outsiders and their stats. Shout out uh, to Football uh, Outsiders and, and especially Aaron Schatz. His his weekly DVOA write-ups are, I mean, they're just invaluable. I Love wish so I had much. gone to them earlier in the season. But as we've grown on this podcast, I've learned a lot. And I'm telling you, they had an awesome breakdown of the last six weeks. You know, obviously what happens in September matters, but not nearly as, as much as what mattered lately. Last six weeks, the Ravens, second best team in the NFL, according to the stats. The Browns are fourth. Indianapolis, who we'll get to soon, third. So a lot has changed in the NFL. The Browns are a legit team right now. I just like the Ravens in this spot. Favor by six. Line looks like it's coming down a bit. Yeah, I've so seen Browns actually money. five and a half here in a few spots as Browns well. Browns money trickling in. Five a dead number. Maybe it blows through that to four. Uh, Ravens don't really blow people out with this offense. And the Browns, I mean, they're in the bottom third of the league in run defense. And we know what Baltimore does offensively. That's a great point. Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans. Here we go. Texans <laughs> favor by seven. The walking wounded Texans. Okay, Demarius Thomas. I think it was an Achilles. He's done. Lamar Miller did not play against the Eagles. Basically, it was Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins against the world. Because the defense gave up over 500 yards. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Blake, I'm back, guys. Bortles. I think I'm taking him on the road, getting seven. Not since Michael Jordan's infamous facts saying, I'm back, have those two words resonated so loudly in sports. Why are you doing this to me? I know, why, you're not why allowed. Are you, you like, are allo- I take copious allowed. notes on every game we might even consider talking about. You want to see my notes on Jags Texans? I know you can't see it, reader or dear <laughs> listener. It's blank. blank I got sheet. nothing. I don't. I want nothing to do with these Jaguars. But with the defense as good as it is, and with Houston's offensive line such a sieve, Jacksonville. Listen, I'm not doing it. But if you're, if I can bet with your money. This is probably a good yeah, bet. I'll give you I'll give you 100 bucks Woo! for this one. Um, Texans were nine. It's down to seven. Now, two weeks in a row, they haven't been able to protect their quarterback. I mean, Watson was sacked six times by the Jets. He was under duress last week. Of course, the Eagles secondary stinks. Deshaun so, Watson is under pressure dude, on 44% of his dropbacks. Wow. Four out of nine times that he drops back, there is someone in his face. Like, J.J. Watt is going to get a sack on Deshaun Watson somehow at some <laughs> point. Uh, and, and listen, I know Jacksonville is kind of a bit of a joke at this point in the season, but this is a team that uh, there's no quit in them. You know, they're not getting at the quarterback. They're 28th in the league in sacks with just 31. So this isn't last year's Jags defense. But again, this is a rivalry, right? These teams know each other well. I don't see them rolling over. And, uh, you know, Houston really got carved up embarrassingly by Foles. You know, I guess we'll see a lot of Fournette here. Holy cow, Fournette only has 439 yards a season? I mean, he's not been on the field for every game. right? 3.3 yards per carry. That's disgusting. And I I would be remiss if I didn't note here. Again, I think this is probably solid value for you. I like Jacksonville, but this number was much higher earlier in the week. So, again, we say it all the time. Get on those numbers early. Get your analysis in early so you can get the best of the number or so you can have a good sense of where the number is trending and know that there's going to be, for instance, if you like Houston, all of a sudden you're inside of a touchdown. That's a much different wager than it was on Monday at plus eight. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, this Jacksonville defense, remember that Houston line is is not very good. Calais Campbell, nine sacks. He's one of the best defensive ends in the league. And Yannick Ngakoui, did I butcher that badly? Probably. He's got eight sacks. I think they get after. Just don't laugh, producer Conrad. That's harsh. Um, I think Jacksonville covers. I, I like them at seven. Um, Bortles. 
I know. Tough to back Bortles, especially on the road. And then, you know, I think we could. I think this is the game of the week, right? Uh, they made it the Sunday night game. Colts, Titans. Line has moved a little bit, right? Titans were th- getting three and a half at home, down to three. Quick notes I do believe two of their uh, starting defenders. Casey and I I think, is it Ryan? I believe they're going to be both out due to injury. That, folks, is significant. I, I, I know that every the public is going to be all over the Colts. Andrew Luck, the narrative is he's never lost to the Titans. Uh, that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, you can beat them by three here. I mean, it's, it's ticked up to three and a half at most books, so you can win by three and you don't cover. That narrative doesn't matter for yeah, our purposes. Exactly. Um I just, with the Mariota stuff, he's talking about a nerve injury. Like, we may see Blaine Gabbert. How much of a drop-off is there from Marcus Mariota to Blaine Gabbert? Vegas is saying not that much. I I agree. That, that to me, is staggering. Now, I like Mariota. According to Football Outsiders quarterback DVOA, he's like the 26th best quarterback this year. That's not not very convincing for me um, as a former number two overall pick. I've got to ride Andrew Luck here. I do have to check the injury reports, but can you see a play on the on the Titans at three and a half, or do you think you automatically go Colts? I wouldn't automatically go Colts now that this is ticked over three and a half, just because I am, again, I, I love those key numbers, obviously. Uh, but I do like the Colts here. I think this is a solid bet for you, a good bet for you. And for me, I'm going to love this game because this is going to be a trench game. This is all about the the offensive and defensive lines. And Andrew Luck, who it's great to see him round into form and play like the Andrew Luck of old. I Genuinely, I think the NFL is better when a guy like Andrew Luck is succeeding. But the Colts, they according to Football Outsiders DVOA, they have the eighth best run blocking offensive line in the NFL and their sixth best against the run with mm. their defensive line. And the Titans, defensively, their line is 25th against the run and 23rd against the pass. I'm seeing a big game from the Colts' offense here that probably wins this game by a touchdown That you know, I just because of the strength of the performance from their offensive and defensive line. Let me ask, do you think the public sentiment, public all over the Colts on the road, has anything to do with struggling against the Giants last week? Uh, now pulling out the victory at the end, but do you think anybody's seeing that and saying... Man, I still got to back the Colts. They just win every game with Andrew Luck. Like, they didn't cover last week. That was a huge number, nine and a half. I really think it comes down to, with the like, when you say Indianapolis Colts, the very first thing you think of is Andrew Luck, right? You know at least, or you have a sense of an identity with this team, and that identity is pretty good. It's a top-flight quarterback when he's healthy. The Tennessee Titans, I think the average NFL fan draws a blank i don't know you probably Derek think, henry right you probably you think oh the exotic run game or whatever they were calling it last year like <laughs> i don't think anyone has a real sense of who the titans are and i think that really comes down to it if you're going to bet this game you're only going to bet this game if you look at it and go oh i, I like the colts there's no one out there who's going to say i like the tennessee titans that's where mm. i'm going to put oh, my clay, money. my man clay travis will definitely say that all right so there you have it good bet bad bet the sides we like we're going to wrap up with money line picks i can't believe after picking the ravens to cover and i'm likely taking them in the super contest i would take the browns on the money line for fun baker train woo, woo. i mean that's crazy browns plus 215 don't love it I um do. I guess that's the one. What I, the other one I wanted to take was Jets, which are who are plus probably four hundred or what have you. They're huge, almost two touchdown um, underdogs. They played the Patriots tough 
in New York. That was with McCown. Patriots have not looked good. Patriots don't have much to play for, right? Listen, I had, I had money on the Bills' money line against the Patriots last week, which, Ooh. you know, I immediately lit that ticket on fire. But the way the Patriots played, I didn't feel awful about that bet. You know, I would have liked more value. I was only getting about 6-1. to one. Um, Yeah, I think there's probably some value right now as we look, you know, a little teaser for the playoffs. Fading New England is going to be a huh. serious consideration. Ooh, they might have a buy in the first round. So I'm going to go Browns on the money line, plus 215, Lynch. Your call is? The Oakland, no, not the Oakland Raiders. I'm going with the Chicago Bears getting plus 190 against the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, this is simple to me. Yes, they're on the road. The Chicago Bears are the better team. They're a top five team in the NFL. They might out. They might be the second favorite in the NFC to win the title behind the Saints. Give me the Bears getting almost two to one. Yes, again, on the road. They still have something to play for. I love this Bears team. I love this Bears defense. It's going to be a test, but I think they win this game at least 50% of the time. So that's quite I, a bit of value for me. I do love the Bears going into the postseason. I just like this. They're a fun team. You right? like the Bears going into I the did, season. I did, but I don't want to so brag about that Why anymore. not? You know, too much, uh, too much bragging. All right, I so wish. there you have it. Good bet or bad bet. We were actually going to do a full separate podcast for the bowl season, but then I got hot on the NFL and we just decided we'll stick it out. NFL, we dug in too hard, but I will say this. I had a great college football season. I believe it was 61%. Um, haven't bet many bowl games, but we have about eight or nine games here we're going to go through. Producer Conrad, who really sweats the college football bowl season. I mean, he told me he watched all of Cal TCU. I felt bad for you. Dude. Who did You should be on dates on social media. Bro, you're so young. Don't watch and games with nine friggin' interceptions. You sound like my mom when I was a child. Go, <laughs> go, I am. Go, go, a... go to bed. Why are you watching no, this Don't go still? to bed. Go on dates. Uh, all right, so here we go. Um, we're going to buzz through these. I will start. Producer Conrad, I'm going Purdue getting three and a half. Uh, I will. I should preface it with this. I love backing good coaches in college football bowl games where you know it's like, hey, this guy with a month to prepare is going to come up with a sick game plan and he's going to devour the opposing side. And the other thing besides coaches, I love looking into whether or not the players you think care. Now, that's tough getting into the psychology of 18, 19, 20-year-olds, but you know, a team like Purdue, I think they're going to be a really fun team next year. I don't believe, and I got nothing to back this up, I don't think Auburn situation with Gus Malls on. They don't love him there, clearly. I think Brahm's a better coach. He's 8-2 and two against the spread as a dog at Purdue. 3-0 and oh in bowl games. And I love the kid. I don't know how much you guys know of him. Rondale Moore, true freshman, 5'9", buck 75. I see Tyreek Hill in this guy. He is has 103 catches this year. I'm a huge fan of him. And finally, Auburn, so overrated all year. I mean, seriously, Gus Malzahn in bowl games, 1-4. and four. Give me Purdue getting 3.5. Actually, I really like that, J-Mac. Oh, cause, yeah. Because I think Brom is out the door. I think he's headed to Louisville. I think that he's— No, he said he's staying. Oh, how many times have you heard that before, Ooh. though? I'm telling you what right now. Now, this right here is kind of a situation for him where he wants to go win big, get one last win at Purdue, heads on the road, goes where he wants wow. to be. Okay. Yeah. Professor Lynch, do you have any thoughts on Purdue getting three and a half against Auburn? So we haven't really uh, put a lampshade on this this season, but I think our regular listeners know I'm not a college football guy. It's not an area that I've studied. It's not an area that I really feel comfortable betting on. So I no pressure, guys, but I'm going to sit here and listen to you and take your advice. I think this makes a lot of sense. I buy the logic here. And again, thanks to our friends at the Action Network. According to their database, 
52% of the tickets on Purdue, 83% of the money. Ooh. So Smart I, money on I Purdue. Like this, I Load up on the boiler. What is it? Boiler up? Is that what they boiler said? Boiler up. Shout out Nick Rego. Nick Rego. Uh, all right, next up. We, we disagree on this one, Producer Conrad. I like Iowa State. Getting three and a half against Mike Leach's Washington State Pirates. Uh, some quick notes on Mike Leach. They're not the Pirates. I just know Mike Leach is a Pirate. Okay. Like, thank, uh, thank you for, ex- thank you for explaining. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was one of those things like, wait, they're not the Pirates. Yeah, they Washington. should be the Pirates. Why are they the Cougars? They Cougars, should be the Pirates. Yes, yes. Mike Leach, one and seven against the spread in his last eight bowl games. Conrad, I can't back a guy like Leach. He's always favored in bowl games because the public likes offense. They're going to bet offense. As a bowl favorite, Mike Leach, 3-8 and eight against the spread. Six outright losses. Give me my guy Campbell. Matty Campbell, awesome coach at Iowa State. By the way, there's rumors he could be off to the NFL sooner than later. He was supposed to be in line for Ohio State. They gave it to uh, an assistant there. Matt Campbell, 3-1 and one in bowl games. I'm going with the Cyclones. By the way, is there NFL running back David Montgomery? Is he playing? Yeah, he is. He, gonna he's going to be good. Yeah, maybe an eye. Jets could uh, have an eye on him in the second round. If even they even better though is their wide receiver Akeem Butler. That oh, guy he's is nice. A beast. Yes, yes, good call. But in this game, <laughs> I do love some uh, Mike Leach. Woo! See now, Mike Leach. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of ties in the Big Twelve. Lincoln Riley was on his staff back in the day. Him and Dana Ooh. were on the same Ooh, staff. Okay. And then Cliff Kingsbury too. Funny thing about it, he reached out to all these guys and said, listen, you guys had hard times trying to move the ball against these guys with the air raid offense. How can I do it and how can I make it productive? I think uh, Gardner Minshew is going to eat these guys up. Mm. I think, like you said, Campbell's looking ahead. He's like, NFL's calling. Yeah. He's not worried about some random bowl game that's happening in the middle of December. It's not. It's fair. And, and this game, just give me give me Washington State. I think they're going to subtly get by by 10. 12. Riding the Pac-12 who can't buy a win in bowl season. Holy cow. What is it? Over a year now since they've won a bowl game. Pac-12, baby. Next up, Michigan. So I don't love this game. This is strictly uh, a numbers deal for me. Florida's getting six against Michigan. Michigan's three of their starters. Three of their probably top five, six players are sitting this game out going to the NFL. They're running back Higdon, Rashawn Gary, of course, who clearly does not want to play all season. And then Devin Bush, a really good linebacker. They're all out. And part of this other reasoning here, and again, it's not solid footing, but I was on Michigan last year against South Carolina. Do you remember Ooh, that game? That was tough. Holy hell, what a beat. I think it was 17-0 at halftime or something. They blew a big lead in the fourth quarter, just fumbled, three and out, oh, blah, blah, Florida blah. State, yeah. Oh, was it? Was it? Oh, that was two years ago, the Dalvin Cook game. But uh, for some reason, uh, I, I just disappointing last year with Michigan. I'm going to go ahead and back. Flo- I think Michigan's disappointed to be here, right? Oh, they were going now. against Ohio State, your Buckeyes, and uh, you know they will win that. They go to the playoff, and then they get their butts kicked, and they have to settle for this whatever this bowl is. So I'm taking Florida getting six half unit play, just for the record. I'm all on it, man. Give me, I honestly, I mean, Florida in this situation, they've had a really good defense all year. Their one big thing is they can't really move the ball that much. But in this situation, I think it's going to be whoever gets to 21st wins. Okay. So if Florida can get to 20 points against Michigan, there you go. Especially with defensive starters out. Two agreements. Uh, let's move on now. Virginia Tech at Cincinnati. Well, not at Cincinnati, versus Cincinnati. Don't know what the name of the bowl is. Don't know where it is. I'm all over. Yes. Cincinnati, baby. Favored by five. Conrad shaking his head. We'll hear in a second. Uh, No disrespect to Virginia Tech. I did go there for two years uh, at the beginning of my college career. Got to uh, see some good football. Faux show. 
But Cincinnati, I, it's, I saw them beat Chip Kelly and UCLA early. Beat down. I'm at a restaurant with the fam. I keep looking up, and Cincinnati's just moving the ball. So I kept an eye on them, and then I faded them at Temple. That hit, if you remember that podcast episode. I do love Virginia Tech in the future. Justin Fuente, great coach. This is just a young team. I like Cincinnati to kind of roll here. And um, I think expectations will be down for Virginia Tech. I will be betting on their season win total over. I can give you that now. December 2018, I'm taking the over on Virginia Tech next year. Yeah, Cincinnati's burned me way too many times this year. <laughs> they have, yes. I, I, I can't. I mean, I don't know a ton Wasn't about it the this. South Florida game? South oh, Florida game, Temple, you name it, they burned us. I mean, it's a situation where I just don't want anything to do with Cincinnati at this point. All right, so he doesn't like Cincinnati. Wait, does, does Blake Bortles play for Cincinnati? <laughs> Lynch off the top rope. Uh, here we go. Michigan State, Oregon. Now, this one's interesting because of the news this week, guys, that Justin Herbert is going to stay in school. I mean, I don't want to... Stay wanna, in school, kids. I, 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 I don't want to there are millions off. of dollars on the line, then leave school, take the money, and go back during the summer. Yeah, Sorry. Let's, let's there are millions on the line for I, Justin I, 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 I'm shocked, Lynch. I, I'm honestly... He's coming out next year. You guys know Tua is draft eligible next year. He's got no chance of being the number one pick next year. We know that if you stay in school, you get picked apart. I know he's an Oregon kid. I know he's, I believe his brother is going to be on the team next year. I know all these things. I know he wants to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback in school history. Can you pass Mariotti? I I like all those considerations. I really do. I also just like millions of american dollars like cold hard cash is on the line yeah you questionable but it's decision. Your, i mean i mean this sincerely it's gonna sound like a trope it is your life make your decisions no. i just it that is a tough one to make and to be honest i think Dwayne haskins is better than tua it's gonna be going going forward in the pro game how many left-handed starting quarterbacks are in the nfl right now i think it gives him an advantage zero i know does that give him an advantage if they gave him an advantage you would think someone would have figured it out by now uh, Matt Liner? And I mean, Dwayne Haskins literally just had the best season ever as far as a Big Ten quarterback goes, other than Drew just, Brees. Uh, take off your shirt and put on, let's see, so we can see your I'm Ohio just, State colors. I'm just saying. Mr. I, Ohio. Everybody's on this two like, bandwagon. Like and we're going to talk about it later, but I'm just saying, this draft right here, it's not, it's not no given that Herbert would be the number one pick in either year. Well, here's my issue with Herbert staying. He has to go against Michigan State. They're, they're not a good team. But Mark D'Antonio, 5-1 and one against the spread in his last six bowl games. The only loss was a beatdown against Alabama. They just, you saw them against Ohio State. You can't move the football against this team. I have a bad feeling Herbert has an, uh, an ugly game. And I, if Michigan State wins this and Herbert looks awful, his decision is going to look bad for a couple of weeks. I, I feel bad for the kid. I'm taking Michigan State plus two and a half, half unit play. I'm balking on this one, man. This this is going to be an ugly game because Herbert's played so many bad games this year, and I think that is half yes. the reason why he is staying because he wants his development to continue. Right. All right, let's move on. Next game. This would be uh, a two-unit play for me. Texas A&M favored by seven. I know it's a big number. NC State played in a weak ACC. I mean, give me a break. And two of their best players, uh, I will admit, I haven't. I don't have NFL tape on these guys. They're sitting out for a you know, they're sitting out the bowl game because they want to play in the draft. They're not going to be first-round picks. I don't know that they're going to be second-round picks. The fact that these guys are sitting out means forget the bowl season. That, Anyways, moving on. Jimbo Fisher's got a loaded team. I like their quarterback. I like their running back. I think they open as a top-seven team next year. I think they beat down NC State. I love them at seven. I'd agree with you there. I, th- I think Texas A&M has a much better roster than NC State has. And going forward, people should expect to see guys. If you're a first, second, third, fourth-round yeah. pick— 
Bale. Just take Lynch, the cash. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's hurting the college football bowl product. Like it's been unwatchable this year. Yeah, it's tough. I, as someone who's in the industry, I definitely have that consideration. But I, as just a fan and as you know, someone who I think tries to be reasonable, I am. I'm all for these kids making these decisions to sit out. Yeah. I, it is a business decision. Uh, real quick, again, according to the Action Network numbers. 82% of the tickets are on Texas A&M. Oh, no. No, no, no. This, I, this is something you very rarely see. 82% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Wow. I mean, this, yeah, it's, how so often do you Vegas see- is in trouble. Yes. They're going to need NC State bigly here. All right, last game for me before we get to the playoff. Missouri and Drew Locke favored by nine. That sounds like a big number. But it, don't worry about it, okay? Oklahoma State is awful defensively. Drew Locke historically has crushed the bad teams, struggled against the good teams. I like Missouri bigly here. Oklahoma State, they're running back. Justice Hill, good player, sitting out for the NFL. I don't see how Oklahoma State keeps this close. I don't love Gundy as a coach. I'm going with the Missouri Tigers favored by nine. That's big. Yeah, well, in this situation, it's a spot play for Drew Locke because he has everything in the world to play for. If he can come out and he can throw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, put a show on, he can move back up that draft stock because as of right now, it's probably been as low as what it's been the past two, three years. He was looked yeah. at as a first-round talent. I see. He, I feel, think he's going to get in the first round, maybe later half of the first round. I think someone will take a chance in the second or third round on him. Second or – woo! Jeez. And I, while we're on here, Will Greer, first round? I think he's a second round guy too. Man, you are tough. Well, this year, producer I think, Conrad, I, I tough. Think, I think the quarterbacks this year are not that great. I think I know you're going to say the whole Ohio State, whatever. Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft. But after that, who is it? Well, I got guys texting me right now that Daniel Jones is laying an egg as we record this for Duke. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen a second, so I don't know. But let's move on to. First of all, do you have any games before we get to Actually, the playoffs? Actually, yeah, I have, I have like one big game. All right, what's your uh, big bet? Let's uh, get West everyone. Virginia Syracuse. Syracuse oh. minus one. Will Greer is out. Jack Allison will be the backup. Hasn't gotten almost any playing time. Their number one wide receiver, Gary Jennings, is out. And they're all Big 12 left tackles yeah. out. 93% of the money on Syracuse. Yeah, give me Eric Dungey. <laughs> Eric, Eric Dungey's been a stud this season. 93%. On almost... Yeah. Almost 8,000 bets. 77% now, now, of the tickets, 93% of the money. This line opened like six or seven, and uh, then it came it, down. Yeah. So what, do you know, can you tell where that nine money is? Point, uh, nine-point swing from West Virginia minus seven to Syracuse. At some shops, minus two. Most, minus one. It's already to minus two. Can you tell where most of that money was? Was it early Syracuse or... A little late with the that lines. That I don't know, okay. unfortunately. No, I wish I would have got on Syracuse a while ago because with all these injuries happening, what's the one thing that kept West Virginia in a lot of these games this year when they were allowing 44 to 55 points a game? I would Offense. go with Will Greer. Yeah. And they don't have that. And Syracuse can score a ton of points. I mean, they have the number 105 defense against the number 106 defense. Tell me right now that a good offense can't take that over and win a game by 10 points. Dana Holgerson at West Virginia. He knows offense. I don't have his bowl record in front of me. I... Yeah, I guess I would lean to Syracuse, but the best number is gone. 93% of the money, Lynch. That is friggin' staggering. Syracuse is going to blow these guys out. Okay. Eric, Eric Dungy, senior quarterback, last game for Syracuse. He's going to put it on. Okay. All right, let's move on to the important stuff, the bowl games that matter. The semifinal matchup Saturday. Alabama favored by 14. Notre Dame, that line's drifted a little bit. Of course, we got the suspensions, maybe, for the Clemson players, a couple Alabama players as well. But which game do you want to start with? Let's go Clemson-Notre Dame first. Yeah, let's go with it. This is weird, but I I think I'm going to—well, I did bet, but I don't know if it's the right side. 
I don't feel confident, but I took Notre Dame. That sounds so crazy. I took Notre Dame getting Gross. 13 and a half oh my gosh. against Clemson. Now, Lynch is laughing. Producer Conrad is scoffing. I'm just laughing because it's like, I made this bet. I, yeah. Probably not smart. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe smart. <laughs> made the bet. That's, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly make my case. Okay. So Clemson has beaten. Let's see here. They beat Texas A&M by two early in the season. They were still juggling quarterbacks, I think, back then. Since Lawrence took over, the, the kid Sunshine from Remember the Titans. He's got the long hair. Looks like a kid out of Friday Night Lights. They've blown out a lot of people. But who the hell have they beat, Conrad? That's the problem. They're beating bad teams. And Notre like Dame 27 7 against Boston College. At least Notre Dame has faced like five star recruits. Uh, Michigan in the season opener, I know. Different quarterback, fine. Toss that out. Stanford, they shut down Bryce Love. Then again, who hasn't shut down Bryce Love? I know they struggled against USC. I think that rivalry spot play. I just believe the narrative here is Notre Dame shouldn't be here. Remember the Alabama title game. I just put all that out the window. I think two TDs is a lot. I like the Notre Dame receivers. They got two six foot four receivers. As long as Book can get rid of the ball quickly, because we know he's going to be under duress, I think Brian Kelly. Maybe his final shot to get an NFL coaching job really shows up here against a great Clemson defense, and I'm about to get my head big. I just love this. Exactly. There's just like this tension building in the room, and I'm watching you make your case to Conrad and watching him react, and I... I didn't please, sway the jury. Please, I my friend. No, no. I think I think this is going to be Clemson and a runaway. Because I can tell you right now, there's three teams that should be in this game over Notre Dame. That's why I'm taking Clemson. I would take Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia in this game against Clemson before I would take I Notre Dame. I don't dispute much of that. Well, this, this is uh, actually, but they're unbeaten. you got to no, give them props no, for that. No, absolutely. Going undefeated in the college football is unbelievable. You should get a chance to get into this kind of a game. But at the same time, this is also Dabo Sweeney's first time ever being a favorite in the college football playoff. Mm. Beforehand, he was plus four, plus six and a half. Plus one, plus six and a half, plus three and a half. He was a dog against Ohio State when they beat, beat the Oh, they doors beat him like, off? yeah, beat him by 30 something. Wow. And I'm telling you what, right now, Clemson's defensive line might be one of the best defensive lines of all time. Even without Dexter Lawrence, who is supposed to be a first round pick, they have Farrell and Wilkins on that defensive line, who as of right now are both end of the first round prospects. Yeah. And they're going against a Notre Dame team that's without their offensive captain, Alex Barr, as an offensive guard. I so, think, so you're you're taking the four, two touchdowns? Oh yeah, I think I think Clemson's going to put it on them. I think wow. that Notre Dame's not going to have the offense to allow them to stay in this game first off, and then give me Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, and give me a uh, Travis Etienne, who is like absolutely dominating right now. Yeah, I mean they on the season they have 39 rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Reminder though, the ACC stinks. All right, so if if you're taking one favorite, are you going to take two two TD favorites? In the playoff? Because I, I like Alabama. There's no way I'm playing Oklahoma there. I like Oklahoma. What? Yeah, no. Why? Well, the, the only time that Alabama ever struggles is when they have to go against these dual-threat quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket, they can run. And, I mean, Alabama on defense is miraculous. But the thing is, is that when you get them out of rhythm like Georgia did, Georgia had them out of rhythm. They looked tired. They weren't used to being on the field that much. Kyler Murray is going to try to put on a show because I honestly think that this is going to be Kyler Murray's last game ever playing football. So Kyler oh, Murray totally is going to try to go out and make a show. I know. I know. You, you, you think, think Kyler Murray is okay. going to go to the pros. So wait. So what are you picking on the money line? Oh, no. I'm no, not going to okay. go money line. But I think Oklahoma, if anything, tease it. Tease it to 20. I mean, crazier things have happened, right? Yeah, I know uh, Tua. You know, we don't. What's the latest on his ankle injury? I haven't seen Tua's going to play. Uh, we know. We, we, we know, know he's going to play. play. But do you think we see a ground-heavy game, given how badly 
the Oklahoma defense is, just to keep the ball away from Kyler. The way the not that they're going to go Baltimore Ravens style and just running every down, but I'm telling you that defense is atrocious for. Oh, me. it's bad. Like they, West Virginia got like 50 points on them. Bad teams. Kansas hung 40 on them by rushing for like 300 plus yards. Alabama just run the ball, keep it out of their hands, and easily win. See, you know what, though? Every single time Alabama gets in these big games, though, I mean, they haven't covered, I think, their past, yeah, they haven't covered their past three times they've played in a college football playoff game. And, I mean, all their lines, all their spreads have always been inflated because of how badly they beat on opponents during the regular season. In this case, I think Oklahoma can cover 14 points. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. Those are our bowl picks. We will be back we haven't decided what day we're going to record next week. Uh, obviously, with um, you know the new year ringing in on, I believe, Tuesday. Yes, sir. So we'll either have a Monday early playoff look, maybe Tuesday. Uh, it's unlikely we'll go Thursday, but we will have something 100% for you next week. Uh, before we depart, Andrew Lynch, do you have any thoughts you want to offer on Week 17, the playoffs, futures, wrestling, uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, whatever you want. Just be kind to one another. I know it's almost gotten to the point of being kind of cliche for me week in, week out. But, you know, 2018 is wrapping up. 2019 is right around the corner. But it's the same thing. It's just one day to the next. And the greatest gift you can give to anyone is just to be kind, be compassionate, uh, be safe out there. If You know, please just, just be kind to one another and don't drink and drive. All right, folks. Uh, that does it. For coming up winners, wrapping up 2018. Folks, thank you for being along for the ride. Remember, subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. We will be here for sure all of 2019. We will do more college basketball, NBA, obviously the NFL playoffs heavy. Heck, we may even do wrestling. I know Lynch is lobbying hard for some wrestling gambling. For Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. We will talk to you next week.